This story is called The Spirit Wave, from the Zuni people. The quote before the story reads, Here a Zuni Orpheus makes a hair-raising journey to accompany his dead wife, only to learn of the inevitability of death itself. A young man was grieving because the beautiful young wife whom he loved was dead. As he sat at the graveside weeping, he decided to follow her to the land of the dead. He made many prayer sticks and sprinkled sacred corn pollen. He took a downy eagle plume and colored it with red earth color. He waited until nightfall, when the spirit of his departed wife came out of the grave and sat beside him. She was not sad, but smiling. The spirit maiden told her husband, I am just leaving one life for another, therefore do not weep for me. I cannot let you go, said the young man. I love you so much that I will go with you to the land of the dead. The spirit wife tried to dissuade him, but could not overcome his determination. So at last she gave in to his wishes, saying, If you must follow me, know that I shall be invisible to you as long as the sun shines. You must tie this red eagle plume to my hair. It will be visible in daylight, and if you want to come with me, you must follow the plume. The young husband tied the red plume to his spirit wife's hair, and at daybreak, as the sun slowly began to light up the world, bathing the mountaintops in a pale pink light, the spirit wife started to fade from his view. The lighter it became, the more the form of his wife dissolved and grew transparent, until at last it vanished altogether. But the red plume did not disappear. It waved before the young man, a mere arm's length away, and then, as if rising and falling on a dancer's head, began leading the way out of the village, moving through the streets out into the cornfields, moving through a shallow stream, moving into the foothills of the mountains, leading the young husband ever westward toward the land of the evening. The red plume moved swiftly, evenly, floating without effort over the roughest trails, and soon the young man had trouble following it. He grew tireder and tireder, and finally was totally exhausted as the plume left him farther behind. Then he called out, panting, Beloved wife, wait for me! I can't run any longer! The red plume stopped, waiting for him to catch up. And when he did so, hasten on. For many days the young man traveled, following the plume by day, resting during the nights, when his spirit bride would sometimes appear to him, speaking encouraging words. Most of the time, however, he was merely aware of her presence in some mysterious way. Day by day, the trail became rougher and rougher. The days were long, the nights short, and the young man grew wearier and wearier, until at last he had hardly enough strength to set one foot before the other. One day, the trail led to a deep, almost bottomless chasm, and as the husband came to its edge, the red plume began to float away from him into nothingness. He reached out to seize it, but the plume was already beyond his reach, floating straight across the canyon, because spirits can fly through the air. The young man called across the chasm, Dear wife of mine, I love you, wait! 
He tried to descend one side of the canyon, hoping to climb up the opposite side, but the rock walls were sheer with nothing to hold on to. Soon he found himself on a ledge barely wider than a thumb, from which he could go neither forward nor backward. It seemed he must fall into the abyss and be dashed to pieces. His foot had already begun to slip when a tiny striped squirrel scooted up the cliff, chattering, You young fool, do you think you have the wings of a bird or the feet of a spirit? Hold on for just a little while and I'll help you. The little creature reached into its cheek pouch and brought out a little seed, which it moistened with saliva and stuck into a crack in the wall. With his tiny feet, the squirrel danced above the crack, singing, Sithel, Sithel, tall stalk, tall stalk, tall stalk, sprout, sprout quickly. Out of the crack sprouted a long, slender stalk, growing quickly in length and breadth, sprouting leaves and tendrils spanning the chasm so that the young man could cross over without any trouble. On the other side of the canyon, the young man found the red plume waiting, dancing before him as ever. Again he followed it at a pace so fast that it often seemed that his heart would burst. At last the plume led him to a large, dark, deep lake, and the plume plunged into the water to disappear below the surface. Then the husband knew that the spirit land lay at the bottom of the lake. He was in despair because he could not follow the plume into the deep. In vain did he call for a spirit wave to come back. The surface of the lake remained undisturbed and unruffled like a sheet of mica. Not even at night did his spirit wife reappear. The lake, the land of the dead, had swallowed her up. As the sun rose above the mountains, the young man buried his face in his hands and wept. When he heard someone gently calling, Hoo, 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 he felt the soft beating of wings on his back and shoulders. He looked up and saw an owl hovering above him. The owl said, Young man, why are you weeping? He pointed to the lake, saying, My beloved wife is down there in the land of the dead where I cannot follow her. I know, poor man, said the owl. Follow me to my house in the mountains, where I will tell you what to do. If you follow my advice, all will be well, and you will be reunited with the one you love. The owl led the husband to a cave in the mountains, and as they entered, the young man found himself in a large room full of owl men and owl women. The owls greeted him warmly, inviting him to sit down and rest, to eat and drink. Gratefully, he took his seat. The old owl who had brought him took his owl clothing off, hanging it on an antler jutting out from the wall, and revealed himself as a manlike spirit. From the bundle in the wall, this mysterious being took a small bag, showing it to the young man, telling him, I will give this to you. But first I must instruct you in what you must do and must not do. The young man eagerly stretched out his hand to grasp the medicine bag, but the owl drew back. Foolish fellow, suffering from the impatience of youth. If you cannot curb your eagerness and your youthful desires, then even this medicine will be of no help to you. I promise to be patient, said the husband. Well then, said the owl man, this is sleep medicine. It will make you fall into a deep sleep and transport you to some other place. When you awake, you will walk toward the morning star. Follow the trail to the middle anthill, and you will find your spirit wife there. As the sun rises, so she will rise and smile at you. Rise in the flesh, a spirit no more, and so you will live happily. But remember to be patient. 
remember to curb your eagerness. Let not your desire to touch and embrace her get the better of you. For if you touch her before bringing her safely home to the village of your birth, she will be lost to you forever. Having finished his speech, the owl man blew some of the medicine on the young husband's face, who instantly fell into a deep sleep. Then all of the strange owl men put on their owl coats, and lifting the sleeper flew with him to a place at the beginning of the trail to the middle anthill. There they laid him down underneath some trees. Then the strange owl beings flew on to the big lake at the bottom of which the land of the dead was located. The old owl man's magic sleep medicine and the feathered prayer sticks which the young man had carved enabled them to dive down to the bottom of the lake and enter the land of the dead. Once inside, they use the sleep medicine to put to sleep the spirits who are in charge of that strange land beneath the waters. The owl beings reverently laid their feathered prayer sticks before the altar of that netherworld, took up the beautiful young spirit wife, and lifted her gently to the surface of the lake. Then taking her upon their wings, they flew with her to the place where the young husband was sleeping. When the husband awoke, he saw first the morning star, then the middle antel, and then his wife at his side, still in deep slumber. Then she too awoke and opened her eyes wide, at first not knowing where she was or what had happened to her. When she discovered her lover right by her side, she smiled at him, saying, Truly, your love for me is strong, stronger than love has ever been, otherwise we would not be here. They got up and began to walk toward the pueblo of their birth. The young man did not forget the advice the old owl man had given him, especially the warning to be patient and shun all desire until they had safely arrived at their home. In that way they traveled for four days, and all was well. On the fourth day they arrived at Thunder Mountain and came to the river that flows by Salt Town. Then the young wife said, My husband, I am very tired. The journey has been long and the days hot. Let me rest here a while. Let me sleep a while and then refreshed we can walk the last short distance home together. And her husband said, We will do as you say. The wife lay down and fell asleep, as her lover was watching over her, gazing at her loveliness, desires so strong that he could not resist it overcame him, and he stretched out his hand and touched her. She awoke instantly with a start, and looking at him and his hand upon her body began to weep, the tears streaming down her face. At last she said, you loved me, but you did not love me enough. Otherwise you would have waited. Now I shall die again. And before his eyes her form faded and became transparent, and at the place where she had rested a few moments before there was nothing. On a branch of a tree above him the old owl man hooted mournfully, Shame, shame, shame. Then the young man sank down in despair, burying his face in his hands, and ever after his mind wandered as his eyes stared vacantly. If the young lover had controlled his desire, if he had not longed to embrace his beautiful wife, if he had not touched her, if he had practiced patience and self-denial for only a short time, then death would have been overcome. There would be no journeying to the land below the lake, and no mourning for others lost. But then, if there were no death, men would crowd each other with more people on this earth than the earth can hold. Then there would be hunger and war with people fighting over a tiny patch of earth, over an ear of corn, over a scrap of meat. So maybe what happened was for the best.
retold from a 19th century version. This has been read from the book Native American Myths and Legends by Richard Erdoes and Alfonso Ortiz. For more stories like the one you just listened to, go to beyondthescreams.com.